Some gal would giggle and I'd get red And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue So the first guy says, you're a big guy And the other man's like, for you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Classic Classic, classic. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. Alright, that was Johnny Cash with A Boy Named Sue you can find a lot of boys named Sue in one particular country. China. 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 <laughs> All right. And today we'll be talking about the evil Chinese government. My name is Morgan and I am joined as always by Lachlan. Ni hao. Who loves all things Japan and Bradley. <laughs> Arigato. <laughs> who is a big Genghis Khan fan. Um, <laughs> Ready to be put on a blacklist, guys? Oh, I'm surprised we're not already. Yes. I actually checked. <laughs> I checked before we recorded. We do not have any listeners from mainland China, so I think we're okay. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder Yet. why. Yet. <laughs> uh, okay, so yes, we're we're going to talk about China tonight. Um, we have some controversial views on communism, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the Chinese uh, variety in particular. Now, uh, Lachlan, do you want to uh, get us started by cracking open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. Are they allowed to drink beer in China? Yep. Okay, that's good. State Qingdao. <laughs> yeah, drink Qingdao. Uh, State-sanctioned beer. I actually don't mind a Qingdao, uh, to be mm. fair. Yeah, so do probably, I. Like probably should have got one this week. But uh, mm. no, I have a, a culture house... Raspberry Berliner Whispier, mm. uh, which sounds disgusting. It sounds does, very Chinese. It? it sounds awful, but people Raspberry keep asking me beer. if it's any good, so I've got to, got to try it out. Uh, it says there's a beautiful balance between the sweetness of the raspberries and the tartness of the Whispier. Uh, it is. <laughs> I can't bullshit on that. It's only three and a half percent, so it's a mid, but I don't know. I think it's going to be gross. Not oh, a good camp. snap. Not a good snap. Not a good snap. Yeah. Poor start. Oh, oh it smells like raspberries. <laughs> the gooseberries taste like gooseberries. It's not beer, but it's actually not <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Maybe Brad will like it. He loves a cruiser. Um, <laughs> a bruiser. Which, which one are you, Brad? Uh, different circumstances call for different. Things so the uh, <laughs> if it's the, a fancy event, he goes with a West Coast cooler. The cruises for during the night, the breezes for the recovery. <laughs> uh, that's the science. Cruise in, breeze out. Yeah, that's exactly. The way you remember it. Um, <laughs> okay, so tonight we're talking about China, and to introduce it, we're going to ask Alex Jones what's happening with China. Okay, let's lay out what's happening right now. China. <laughs> is the most bloodthirsty, murderous, authoritarian regime in planetary history, killing conservatively over 100 million of their own people. <laughs> Thanks for that, Alex. Um, the Chinese government is legitimately evil. In this podcast, we've talked about some of the crazy shit the US government has done, but the US government are saints compared to the Chinese. It's not even close. The Chinese government tries to be very secretive about their evil shit, for obvious reasons. So, we can only really talk about the stuff that is known, the stuff that has been uncovered and mm. reported. There's no doubting that there is plenty of extra stuff that we may never, ever know. 
It's only been recently uncovered that the Chinese government are holding millions of Muslims in concentration camps and have been harvesting organs from political prisoners, including another religious minority, the Falun Gong. Even still, the true numbers and horrific extent of these things may never be known because the government is not exactly forthcoming with the information. <laughs> are you telling me that they're... Like, you're honestly telling me there's no Freedom of Information Act in China. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And, uh, we'll, we'll bookend this with uh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones can tell us something else about China. You talk back to the police in China, the thing they do is cut your testicles off <laughs> and then slip the artery right on the front of your thigh and they let you bleed out on the Good ground. God. There's dead bodies just rotting here and there. No one takes care of old people. It's hell on earth. <laughs> I fucking love Alex Jones. That Pretty concise summary. It's so um, oddly specific. <laughs> that's because it's true. That's how you know it's true, because it's that's, too yeah. specific to be made up. Yeah, details. Can't make that shit up. Um, mm. So, we've been planning to do an episode on China for a while, um, and I've been trying to convince the guys to do an episode, but we've always been pushing it back. But it is quite current at the moment because of a few things. We've got the protests in Hong Kong, China which Brad will be telling asshole. us about. <laughs> Uh, we've got the 70th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. Uh, it's uh, just been celebrated in Beijing. Boo. And uh, there was a South Park episode specifically on Chinese censorship, which came out just before the whole NBA kerfuffle uh, about Chinese censorship as well. So, Brad will tell us about Hong Kong, but that's an ongoing issue that's been flaring up. So, I'll kick us off with the uh, South Park and Andrew, NBA drama, the current stuff. So, have you guys seen the South Park episode about China? It's called Banned in China. I have, yes. I have not. Okay. So, I'm a big fan of South Park. I've always been a big fan of South Park. I don't think it's been very funny in a while. I think um, I've still been watching it because I'm a big fan, but, you know, it hasn't been as as good lately. Episode one of this current season uh, was about child detention on the US-Mexico border, so they're Uh being very political and topical. And then episode two was called Banned in China, but Banned was spelled B-A-N-D because one of the storylines was about Stan forming a death metal band. Uh, So, in in the episode, a movie producer doesn't care about their music. He doesn't want them to make records. He just wants them to make a biopic, you know, sort of like the Bohemian Rhapsody thing and Uh uh, Rocket Man and stuff. So, um, Stan is writing their story for this biopic, but the producers keep censoring him because they need everything to be China friendly so That's that right. the movie can be released in China. <laughs> so, in the in the South Park episode, they bring up a few controversial things like Hollywood changing things about their movies to please Chinese censors, you know, self-censoring before it gets to the Chinese censors. They talk about their terrible conditions in Chinese prisons and how Chinese factories treat their workers really poorly. And uh, they also bring up the hilarious fact that Winnie the Pooh is banned in China because there was a meme a while ago suggesting that the uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Xi Jinping was driving around in this car and he was hanging out the top of it, like out of the sunroof. Mm. And they had that, someone posted a picture of that. And then right next to it was like a little Winnie the Pooh toy figurine where he's riding a car and he's out the top of a car. And... Uh, <laughs> Instantly scrubbed from the internet. No more Winnie the Pooh. You search for Winnie the Pooh on the Chinese internet. It doesn't Holy exist anymore. Holy shit. How so, insecurity I love Winnie the Pooh. Do that. Such a shame. Winnie the Pooh's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I've and, said it many uh, a know, time. Eeyore is my spirit animal. Uh, so <laughs> basically, Gigi Ping can't handle the bands. That's, That's right. That's what we're learning. No, here. He can't, no, he can't handle them at all. Um, yeah. So uh, as you would expect, the uh, after the episode air, South Park was also banned in China. <laughs> what? All references, all references to South Park were scrubbed from the Chinese internet. Um, so the protesters in Hong Kong, a few of them were playing the episode on the street as a form of protest. They would get a <laughs> TV and play the episode so people walking down the street could watch the episode. Um, and then South Park doubled down during the week after it was released and they got banned in China. They doubled down with a fake apology that they released to their social media account. So, all their social media accounts it came up with a picture that said, Official Apology to China from <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <laughs> and then in quotes, Like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. We too love money more than freedom and democracy. She <laughs> doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. Tune into our 300th episode this Wednesday at 10. Long live the great Communist Party of China. May this autumn's sorghum harvest be bountiful. <laughs> we good now, China? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's savage. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty brutal. And then um, they tripled down by the following week in the episode having one of the main characters look down the barrel of the camera and literally say verbatim fuck, fuck the, the chinese, chinese government, government. <laughs> uh, fantastic yeah, so that was that was randy marsh so not not bowing to the uh chinese at all but uh you know obviously making fun of hollywood that does bow to mm-hmm. the chinese and south park has made fun of hollywood before in fact it makes fun of hollywood a lot but one particular episode that uh is one of my favorite episodes from the golden era i think is when they made a episode in 2006 called smuggler about yes. oh yeah the george clooney smug yeah yeah this smug was um heading straight towards san francisco instead of smog kind of really silly joke but it was because george clooney gave the smuggest possible speech at the academy <laughs> was that year. in the speech george clooney finished off by saying you know uh we are a little bit out of touch in hollywood and i think that's a good thing because you know we talked about aids when other people weren't talking about it we talked about civil rights and blah 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 and then what a yeah, piece at of the shit. end he goes he goes, I'm proud to be part of this academy, proud to be part of this community, and proud to be out of touch. Oh, so, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, of course, they, they made fun of him for being um, so smug. And, uh, yeah, it's I think it's ironic that Hollywood ignores all social issues now when they make movies for China. Because, you mm-hmm. know, George Clooney's talking about how they talked about AIDS and civil rights and stuff, but now you can't have any gay people in your movie if you want it to be right. released in China. That's right. There's, you're not allowed to have depictions of homosexuality at all. So, any movie that they want to release in China, there's just going to be no gay characters. Mm-hmm. So, um, they won't talk any... They won't do any, like, racism against black people being bad because, you know, the Chinese don't give a shit about that and stuff like that. <laughs> so, and they have to desexualize everything and make it a lot more tame and everything. So, they really censor themselves heavily for China uh, if they want to get their movie released in China. So, it's it's all going to be non-political and non-sexual and stuff like that. Um, and in fact, even Iron Man, Iron Man 3, not only did they cut out scenes for China, but they added in specifically scenes for China. Okay. So, they added in extra scenes. The bad guy in Iron Man 3 was called the Mandarin. 
<laughs> which, which you would think you would think to start off with that just wouldn't be allowed. Yeah, they should cut that out, surely. Um, yeah, but they they added four minutes to the movie, and there was a product placement in it for a dairy in China. And oh, the, Jesus the idea Christ. was that the milk was really good for Iron Man. You know, made him strong. No, <laughs> and they that's ridiculous. <laughs> In Iron this, Man's um, whole thing is that he's not strong. It's his suit. It's his brains that fucking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck um, China. And China then, they, then they added in some. <laughs> <laughs> they added in some uh, Chinese doctors into a surgery scene to make it look like, you know, these Chinese people were saving Iron Man. So uh-huh. isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, Got to make it yeah, relatable, but, you know? Oh, of course. Right. But I think, you know, it, it shows that there are really two Hollywoods at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as I can tell, there's the blockbuster Hollywood that makes kids' movies and superhero movies. But I repeat myself, they just care about this making money. They just care about making money. And then you've got the smug, self-righteous Hollywood that only cares about lecturing the rest of America and winning awards and just making these stupid art house films that aren't making money. Fucking like Martin Scorsese over here. <laughs> <laughs> For those who so, didn't get um, that reference, Martin Scorsese recently came out and said that Marvel movies are not cinema. Really? Yeah, gotta agree with that. Um, oh, <laughs> fucking dickhead. There are there are only thirty four foreign films that are allowed to be played in Chinese theaters every year, so it's it's a really competitive market. Mm, gotta and get in when they do get. When they do get approved, they're only allowed to run in cinemas for 30 days. So, like, the Chinese don't want every movie to be an American movie or a Japanese movie or a Korean movie. They want it to be mostly Chinese. So, they're only allowed a, f- a few foreign films in. Um, so, yeah. And in, in China, the company that releases the movie, they only get 25% of the ticket sales. Whereas in uh, Western countries, it's about 40 to 50%. So, when mm. you buy a ticket, 40, 50, 40 to 50% is going straight to the people who make the movie. Where in China, it's only 25%. Okay. Um, Why 34? I don't know. It's, it's oddly it's a specific. Strange, yeah. a strangely specific number. Yeah. Yeah, they have they have run over that at the last few years. They've gone a little bit over, closer to 40. But, you know, on, on record, it's only allowed to be 34. Hmm. But it, it means that China is like a really big market and if people want to break into it with their movie, they have to preemptively censor their movie because yeah. if only 34 films are getting through, then China is just going to watch your movie and go, no, not that one, we'll get another one. So, if you censor yeah, it rather first, than ask you to change it, they'll just, they'll just go with the one that doesn't need to be changed. Yeah. And then you have even have fucking Iron Man 3, which is like, we've got to, you know, get them all excited for this movie so uh-huh. they'll watch it. And it's not just- that it's going to pass the Chinese censors, but we're going to be sycophantic and we're going to- Yeah, like we're actively going to, to try and get their attention. Yeah, we're trying to court them so they'll actually want to put our movie in and then we'll make a lot of money. And it's with good reason as well, because the movie Warcraft, which was about the fucking video game World of Warcraft, yes. that made $47 million in the US, mm-hmm. but it made over $200 million in China. Whoa. Basically, it was a massive success as a movie, but- if they didn't get that money from China, it would have been a massive failure. So to be fair, the, the between- Chinese fucking love World of Warcraft. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched that movie. It was not very good. <laughs> so- well, that's because you're, you're not Chinese. You just didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, if you're Chinese, you would have loved it, Brad. It wasn't, uh, wasn't you weren't the audience. the The US movie that's grossed the most money in China is Avengers Endgame, which got six hundred and ten million dollars from China. Well, Ooh. yeah, but that's grossed the most money anywhere. 
though, so that's yeah, probably yeah, not I a know, fair but, comparison. Yeah, but I'm saying if you're already if you're going to make a billion dollars and mm. then you censor yourself a little bit to make the extra six hundred million, yeah, why okay, wouldn't you? Okay. Like, yeah, you, you've got to to pass that. You know, it's the Chinese censors are going to say yes or no, mm-hmm. and the yes no for Avengers is a six hundred million dollar yes or no. Yeah, yeah okay. you know what I mean. Okay, so it's 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 showing that. Even though they can make a lot of money everywhere, the potential to make that money in China is huge. Uh-huh. So, they, they have to make sure they pass it. And there was even a movie called uh, Aquaman came out last year. <laughs> yes. And they gave China the world premiere of Aquaman. It premiered two weeks early in China oh, before really? the US. So, they did their world premiere over there. And in the US, Aquaman made $335 million. In China, it made $291 million. Oh. So, it actually almost Oof. matched how much they made in America. So, it's yeah, it's probably the largest single market you're going to get, basically, yeah. is what we're saying. Oh, absolutely it is, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's, fucking, there's a billion people there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, even more. It's like $1.4 billion. It's huge. Oh. That's too many. That is yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> too many? <laughs> <laughs> it's too many. Need yeah. some kind of uh, single child policy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they got rid of their that population growth down. What about yeah. a single parent policy? Every every family just you have to kill one of the parents. I think <laughs> most of most of the Western world already runs on a single parent's policy. So. Oh, yeah. Maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe they got it right. That's yeah. right. One kid, two parents. Mm-hmm. You got. <laughs> but- In Australia, Did- we have one parent, two kids. That's right. <laughs> It's backwards. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought a funny, a funny example of um, people censoring themselves from for China was the 2012 movie Red Dawn. Oh yes, uh, they yes. spent one million dollars post production to change the Chinese villains to North Koreans. <laughs> so <laughs> the original movie. The original movie made in the 80s had the Russians invading America, like mm-hmm. a mainland invasion of America, yeah. and these high school kids fight against them. The 2012 remake, the Soviet Union's dissolved, Russia's not really a threat. If anyone's going to invade America, who's it going to be? Obviously, China. China yeah. You know? So, it's definitely China. And then afterwards, they're like, wait a minute, we won't get released in China if we're having a movie where we fight Chinese people. So... Why don't we leave all the actors as they are? We've already filmed it, but we'll just change everything to North Korean. So, they Uh digitally altered (laughs) all the flags. So, instead of being Chinese flags, they were North Korean flags. Yeah. They changed, um, you know, the the dialogue when they're speaking Chinese to each other. They changed it to speaking Korean to each Uh other. They um, changed the opening narration of the film, which was supposed to explain why... China is attacking to why North Korea is attacking. But the thing is, this makes no goddamn fucking sense. Korea, North Korea is a nation of like 20, 22 million people, mm-hmm. yeah. something like that. They're a tiny, tiny country with a tiny, on a tiny, tiny <laughs> island <laughs> going up against the biggest, most powerful nation in the world in terms of like military. And why would they want to make a land invasion of America? North Korea's whole thing is that they hate the rest of the world because they're being treated so badly by China and especially Japan, that they want to isolate themselves. They have the Juche ideology, which is we keep to ourselves, we're self-reliant, we don't need anybody else. Leave Uh us alone, we'll leave you alone, fuck off. And then in this movie, it's just like, oh, but forget all that. Let's just fucking invade mainland America. (laughs) Did they change the actors? No. What the fuck? They look the same. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Anyway. 
The thing that was hilarious about this is not just that it makes no goddamn fucking sense that they were North Koreans, but <laughs> the movie didn't get released in China anyway. So. Oh. <laughs> didn't make the cut. Yeah, they spent all this money. Oh, they God. fucking made their movie, you know, some from somewhat plausible to totally, absolutely ridiculous, making mm-hmm. no sense, and it still didn't get released in China. Yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> okay, but it's not just the film industry that is panda- Ing to China. Heyo! Many sports leagues are also trying to break into the lucrative Chinese market. Even our Aussie rules football Mm -hmm. has had a crack with a few regular season games being played in China. The NHL has played exhibition games in China. The Major League Baseball has played preseason games. The NFL scheduled but ultimately cancelled an exhibition game in China. But most notably is the NBA, which has been courting... The Chinese public for years. <laughs> Another pun there. Not paying um, it. Not paying so, it. Oh, God. I, I, uh. pre- <laughs> pre-season games in China have become a regular feature of the NBA schedule. They first played there in 2004 as a homecoming for Yao Ming. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, games have been played there every year since 2007, except for 2011 when there was a lockout. So, there's no preseason. No. Um, and all was going swimmingly. For the NBA until very recently. What happened, Morgan? <laughs> a Chinese company was paying them $300 million per year for Cha-ching. exclusive broadcasting rights in China. Oh, shit. Basically, that means you don't do anything. We'll just give you $300 million. Yeah. It's just for the broadcasting yeah. rights. That's crazy. So it's just, yeah. And, um, yeah, based on just the deals that are publicly known, the total revenue for the NBA received from China is approximately $500 million annually. And that's just what's known. Yeah. So, there's plenty, probably plenty more. But all that was put in jeopardy with one single seemingly innocuous tweet. So, (laughs) Daryl Morey, the GM of the Houston Rockets, which is Yao Ming's old team. Yeah, I was going to say, Yao Ming's team. He tweeted out on October the 4th. A picture that said, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. (laughs) No big deal. Good man. And it's funny that South Park is always reacting to the news and something happens in the news cycle. And then like a week or two later, South Park has got an episode about it Mm because they're really quick with it. This was actually the first time South Park has preempted big news (laughs) like this. They released their episode about Chinese censorship on October 2. Yeah. And then on October 4, this tweet just fucking blew up the China story. So, South Park yeah. had already made an episode on it before this happened. Head of the curve. So that was quite funny. But anyway, Daryl Murray, realizing his mistake, he can't say stuff like that. He immediately deleted and uh, deleted his tweet and apologized Coward. for it. So, and, he wrote out- And the internet tweet. forgot about it and everything was okay. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote out this tweet. I did not intend my tweet to cause any offence to Rockets fans and friends of mine in China. I was merely voicing one thought based on one interpretation of one complicated event. <laughs> I have had a lot of opportunities since that tweet to hear and consider other perspectives. What a fucking I have always appreciated. <laughs> I have always appreciated the significant support our Chinese fans and sponsors have provided, and I would hope that those who are upset will know that offending or misunderstanding them was not my intention. My tweets are my own and in no way represent the Rockets or the NBA. <laughs> what a fucking coward. Oh, that is totally fucking- one of the hardest backpedals I've ever heard. It's such a bitch yeah, fucking tweet as it's well. A it's bitch so move. pathetic. Yeah. So pathetic. 
I made a I made a stance for freedom, and I got in trouble for it. So, oh, please accept my apology. Fuck <laughs> yeah. oh, um, it's a complicated issue. The- Do you think people were saying the same thing about uh, the Nazis when they were killing a bunch of Jews? <laughs> Oh, it's a complicated issue, and I misinterpreted it. Yep. Yeah, oh, it's just based on one interpretation. <laughs> um, so, the Houston Rockets owner, I can't pronounce his name, Tillman Fatida, mm. uh, publicly rebuked Moray for the tweet. He said on Twitter that Moray does not speak for the Houston Rockets and mm. that the Houston Rockets are not a political organization. Capital N-O-T, we are not a political organization. Mm. Um, so... The NBA itself released a statement on their social media and on their website. And in English, their statement read... China number one. (laughs) (laughs) They released released two statements, one in English and one in Chinese. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the first line of the English one was, We recognize that the views expressed by Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey may have offended some of our friends and fans in China, which is regrettable. Now, the Chinese version, <laughs> translated back to English, says, We are extremely disappointed by the inappropriate remarks made by Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey, who has undoubtedly seriously hurt the feelings of our Chinese fans. Oh, those sneaky motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. No one will bother to throw this through Google Translate. <laughs> How did they think they're going to get away with it? How did uh, they think they were going to get away with that? No one speaks Chinese and English. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid I can't believe that oh, that was ridiculous fucking but yeah. Um so the the Chinese NBA broadcaster the one who bought the rights they started flexing and going you know oh there are more NBA viewers in China than there are American people so you know they <laughs> would say like flexing don't fuck hard. with us because we got so many viewers yeah. for you Yeah, and they, they started saying oh you know what we might not broadcast any NBA games we've paid 300 million for it but we might not broadcast any um <laughs> So, then they decided that they will still broadcast games, but they won't broadcast any Houston Rockets games. That's where it stands at the moment. You know, as of recording, maybe they'll go back on that, or maybe they'll stick with it and say, no, nope, fuck Houston, we don't care. So, they're not going to play any uh, Houston Rockets games. That's and, that's uh, funny, because, uh, like, a majority of their fans would be Houston Rockets fans, you'd imagine, because of the Yao-Ming connection. That is hilarious. Although, they might... They might have to change teams. <laughs> Imagine walking down the street in the fucking Houston Rockets jersey after this. You're getting Chinese communist police away. That's right. Secret police disappear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know much about basketball, but apparently the Houston Rockets' best player is James Harden. And he said... Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. He said, we apologize, you know. We love China. We love playing there. We love them as a fan base. We love everything they are about. Oh, we love you. Oh, God. Everything? Jesus oh, I, I know. I know what you're saying, right? You're saying, look, you know, he was in China. You know, he's being asked a question by Chinese reporters in China. He's got to give a nice answer like that. Uh, no, he was in <laughs> Japan. The Houston Rockets <laughs> were not playing in China. The Houston Rockets oh, played God. their preseason games in Japan. Um against the Raptors mm-hmm. and in China it was the Lakers and the Nets so the Rockets were playing in Japan about to go back to America never set foot in China and uh, I don't know if you know this guys but <laughs> Japan fucking hates China so there's absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. no you're under no threat if you yeah. say if you talk shit on China in Japan I was gonna say instead, historically was, they've definitely gotten along those two countries China and Japan yeah <laughs> 
No bad blood there <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, just in fact, fact, I think whoring out your own morals for money. Just you know, no, yeah. don't, uh, don't worry about your own principles. Just whatever gets you the biggest paycheck. Fucking hell. We apologize. We love China. Uh, we love them as a fan base. We love everything they are about. I mean, come on. That being yeah. said, if there's any Chinese sponsors out there who want to, uh, you know, run ads <laughs> on the show, get in touch. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll play we'll play whatever you want us to play. You know, <laughs> long live Winnie the Pooh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there was there was there's a bit more to this story, but you know, it's it's all just political posturing now and stuff uh-huh. like that. But there are a, a few incidents of people back in America going to NBA preseason games and holding up um, signs that say free Hong Kong and free Tibet, things like that. And, you know, some of these sensationalist stories were saying, oh, people got kicked out just because they were holding up a free Hong Kong sign. But, you know, the people that got kicked out, it's it's pretty clear that they were being like really, really- Yeah, they were causing trouble. You know, annoying, annoying other people in the section. So, they didn't get kicked out for- wanting to free Hong Kong, I got kicked out because I was being annoying. So, um, yeah, but that's that's kind of been the news cycle. The other part of it is that uh, Donald Trump and Steve Kerr, who's the Golden State's Golden State Warriors head coach, mm-hmm. they've been kind of going at each other a bit. And Steve Kerr, when he asked about this, he was like, oh, you know, America has human rights abuses too and stuff. Started oh, doing this equivocation oh, no. stuff. What a scumbag. So so then Trump ripped him and said he, he looked like a little boy. He was scared. He couldn't even answer the question. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so, you know, good stuff. And then it all died down. And then mm. <laughs> fucking LeBron James yep. brought it back into the news. Uh-huh. <laughs> LeBron James was in uh, in China to play exhibition games in Shanghai and Shenzhen. And he was asked about this. And he said, here's a quote, I don't want to get into a word or a sentence feud with Daryl Morey, but I believe he was, I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand and he spoke and so many people could have been harmed, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. (laughs) So just be careful with what we tweet and what we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negative that comes with that too. LeBron. Blink twice if you've got a gun pointed at you. <laughs> what a fucking wow. moron. So then, so then after LeBron said this, one of his old tweets went viral. And it was a tweet from January 16, oh, 2018, he when he wrote, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Oh, no. <laughs> Hashtag thank you MLK, Martin Luther King Jr., 50. So it was a... Oh. Is it, Fucking MLK mm, yep. uh, quote. Really yeah, had to go then, far uh, back to dig that one up as well, didn't they? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Fucking hell. <laughs> and the, the best response I saw to this was a, a guy called Jeff who just wrote with an asterisk, often not valid in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then uh, if LeBron wasn't mercilessly ripped for that enough, he decided to... Uh, go to Twitter, and he said, My team in this league just went through a difficult week. I think people need to understand what a tweet or statement can do to others. And I believe nobody stopped and considered what would happen. Could have waited a week to send it. (laughs) (laughs) So then, of course, he's getting getting ripped ripped for that, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Rosa Parks should have waited a week before she Uh, (laughs) she (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, why didn't this person just wait a week and stuff like that? So, hilarious stuff. 
And the the thing that I just finished this up with is that the NBA are fucking pathetic and uh-huh. being little weasels about this because in 2017, the NBA refused to play their All Star game in North Carolina. Do you know what? Why? I don't know. The game was scheduled to be played in North Carolina in 2017, and they said, "No, nope, we're not playing the All Star game there." And they moved it, and they moved it because <laughs> North Carolina had a bill. That didn't allow men to use women's restrooms. Oh, fuck off. It was the whole, it was that whole thing that is totally ridiculous about the transgender bathroom issues or whatever. And North Carolina was like, no, we're not having men pee with women here. So they passed a law that said in public, biological men have to use the men's restroom, biological women have to use the women's restroom. And the NBA said, you guys are the worst. We're not going to play our fucking all-star game there. Meanwhile, China has millions of Muslims in concentration camps. They're harvesting people's organs. Yeah, we'll play two games there a year. How many transgender-friendly bathrooms do they have in China, do you think? Uh, I mean, if they did have them, it would be as a trap. <laughs> a, a trap for traps, one might say. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, the, the, the NBA is known as being like the most woke league out of the oh, major leagues. And Get work, very, go broke. Very political and stuff like that. And then, you know, they go into China and... You know, oh, I can't say anything bad about China. And, you know, they won't play a game in fucking North Carolina. Ridiculous. China is asshole. <laughs> <laughs> NBA is asshole. NBA is asshole. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that's why China is currently in the news. But China should be currently in the news for what's going on in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Because that's much more important. But, you know, it's not part of the culture war, so people don't want to talk about it as much. But you know, Brad, Brad can tell us all about the, uh, the protests going on in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. All right. So the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region of the People's Republic of China, or, you know, just Hong Kong for short, uh, <laughs> is a semi-autonomous region in the east coast of China. And I say semi-autonomous because... You'll see. Um, unlike its wildly <laughs> oppressed brethren on the mainland, Hong Kong is a capitalist mixed-service economy, a vastly superior system to that of, of the communist mainland. With Hong Kong in the news lately, it's important to understand where they came from to understand why they are so adamantly opposed to reunification under mainland Chinese rule. Hong Kong, as we know it today, has its humble beginnings back in British colonialism. In the 18th century, trade with China was as important as as it is today. Uh, China produced the finest silks, teas, and porcelains in the world at the time. A hot commodity in Europe, you might say. You know, they loved that hoity-toity fancy shit there Uh back in the 18th century. Um, All the tea in China. Yeah, all the tea in China, exactly. Uh, Despite the fact that tea is, you know, quintessentially British, it was actually a Chinese thing. And Indian as well, I think, predominantly the two largest producers of it. Anyway, uh, unfortunately for the United Kingdom, their goods were not of any real significance to the Qing dynasty of China, and as such, they had to buy these goods using precious metals, uh, most commonly silver bullion. Uh, This created a huge trade deficit and set forth a chain of events that would see the United Kingdom own a small part of China within a century. In search of a way to flip the trade deficit, the East India Company, which I'm sure Everyone's heard of, but they were this super yeah. massive uh, trading company. They were a British trading company that essentially they were like their own. They were a law unto themselves. Uh-huh. They were British subjects, huge. but 
they fucking did whatever they wanted and they were massive. Um, so, yeah, in, in when they were trying to flip this trade deficit, they brought up uh, semi-established opium farms in modern-day Bangladesh and started exporting the drug directly to China via the city of Canton. Uh, in only a matter of years, the can't popularity of the drug... You can't go wrong with Canton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, within a matter of years, the popularity of the drug skyrocketed, um, and before long, China itself was operating operating at a trade deficit with the United Kingdom. The British were getting their goods and their silver, and the Chinese were just getting high. We've all heard of the, the <laughs> opium dens, you know, uh-huh. filled with hazy smoke. Guys just smoking long pipes of opium. They were just getting blasted 25-8. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it got to the point that it, it flipped the trade deficit. They were literally buying so much opium that they were giving back the precious metals that they were <laughs> getting for selling um, all their silks and teas and porcelains and what have you. So, are we still in the 18th century, by the way, bro? We still are. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just wait. You've got to understand this kind of stuff. The emperor outlawed the importation the of opium. Yeah, under the penalty. you could understand what Hong Kong is. You can give me shit for this. Or else I could just <laughs> skip all of this and just say it comes down to an extradition treaty. It's as simple as that. So fuck yeah, you. Let me let me said. set it up. <laughs> okay. The emperor outlawed the importation of opium under the penalty of death, and after years of tension, all came to a head in the first opium war. Essentially, oh, really? the Chinese government trapped and raided British ships and destroyed one thousand two hundred ten tons of opium and sealed the port from all foreign traders. The British Empire demanded compensation for lost money and product. When neither refused to back down, the British Empire sailed up the Canton River system and took every town along the way. Once they took the industrial hub city of Canton, the Emperor agreed to sign a peace treaty with the United Kingdom. The whole history of this battle is much more detailed and took close to three years from start to finish. Um, So if you guys, anyone out there wants to know more, I'm happy to do more on this. It was pretty fucking crazy to read about. But it it culminated (laughs) in the signing of the Treaty of Nanking, which I don't know if you guys have heard of before, but it's a pretty famous treaty. Uh, and that was in 1843. The treaty handed over Hong Kong Island and the Kowloon region to the British as a crown colony in perpetuity. Big Aww. words there. Big words. For anyone who's not familiar with those, that means forever, essentially. Perpetual. Yeah. In 1898, the United Kingdom would sign a second treaty with the Qing Dynasty, acquiring the new territories, forming modern-day Hong Kong, and for 99 years, rent-free, they would own the new territories. This lease was set to expire on the 1st of July, 1997. you got to keep that date in mind. Um, under British rule, Hong Kong flourished. With limited space for resource cultivation, it pivoted to a mixed service economy and became mm-hmm. a tech hub and trading port. To give you an idea, Hong Kong has the 35th largest economy in the world, despite a population of less than 8 million people. Its citizens yeah. never yeah. knew... You get the- you get the Chinese smarts, yeah, and you get the the British Freedom. systems. They know they know how to like uh-huh. run things. Yeah, yeah you, you let it loose on some Chinese brains. Yeah, fucking world's your oyster. Yeah, world's your fucking opium den. <laughs> world is your fucking opium den. That's exactly it. It's anyway. Citizens never knew the fear of communist rule, and they were free to communicate with the outside world uncensored. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end, and in 1984, after years of negotiation, the United Kingdom and China agreed to terms on how to end the lease on Hong Kong. The Sino-British Joint Declaration said that the handover of Hong Kong to China would happen as planned on the 1st of July 1997, after 156 years of British rule. And that's not just the new territories, that's the entire city was handed over. 
um, which goes against the whole in perpetuity thing. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of stipulations, but the general sentiment was that Hong Kong would remain an autonomous province of China with one country, two systems, and it will remain unchanged for the next 50 years. This means that on the 1st of July, 2047, China will be free to subjugate the systems, citizens of Hong Kong under communist rule, regardless of the freedoms they enjoyed the very day before. Ugh, man, China is asshole. China is asshole. China is asshole! <laughs> this brings us to what's ha ha happening currently. There have been wides widespread protests, millions of people on the street, and why? Because it's, it's complicated. In early 2019... <laughs> Chan Tong Kai, a 19-year-old Hong Konger, I'm going to keep talking, fuck you, resident, flew to Taiwan, killed his pregnant girlfriend, Poon Hu Wing, and flew back to Hong Kong. He admitted everything to the police, but they were unable to do anything. There is no extradition order between Hong Kong, Taiwan, or mainland China. Yeah, I killed her. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. <laughs> Lawmakers attempted to set up an extradition bill, and all hell broke loose. The bill aimed on setting up specific clauses that must be met to extradite someone, but lawyers across Hong Kong said it was not specific enough, and Taiwan refused to be involved in any dealings that listed it as a part of the Democratic People's Republic of China. <laughs> when mainland China weighed in and made amendments, shit really fucking kicked off. Millions hit the street in protest, and it was seen as an attack on their autonomy and independence that was guaranteed until 2047 uh, by the Sino-British Joint Declaration. Mainland China... Will have been involved, uh, would have been involved in their lawmaking process and have better access to those who have a dissenting or negative opinion of the Communist Party. So essentially anyone who started talking shit, the Chinese government would have, the way that they worded it so vaguely, they would have been able to request their extradition. So anyone with negative opinions of China or any kind of dissenting opinion, um, any kind of satire about uh, party members, yeah. like Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh, yeah. So essentially, it would have just given them this the access to get at these people, which they're currently protected under, you know, the freedom of speech that was afforded to them by the British rule, um, and which they've all grown up with. So, despite the fact that the catalyst for this movement was uh, a scumbag murderer, the overall fight is one that Hong Kong must fight. Thankfully, the extradition bill was placed on an indefinite hiatus, but the refusal to remove it completely from the lawmaking process is quite worrying. Um, it means they can pick it up, but the former the chief executive, I think is the term that they have, um, said that they're going to let it die a natural death rather than remove it completely, which... Yeah, she would say that, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, in summary, to understand why the citizens of Hong Kong are so worried worried enough to protest a bill that would get some murders extradited, you need to look at their neighbours. China is a shithole, <laughs> especially if you value your freedom. It's also much harder to taste freedom and have it stripped away from you than to be born into oppression. Hong Kong yeah. lives in the shadow of its own demise, a constant clock ticking down to the biggest fight in its short history. Hashtag yeah. free Hong Kong. Yeah. That's it. That's it, boys. Hong Kong. <laughs> I, I couldn't live there. It's as simple as that. Because there is a there is a t clock ticking constantly that uh -huh. is like, you will be free on the thirtieth of June, twenty forty seven. On the first of July, twenty forty seven, you will be a part of the democratic yeah, democratic that's, people. That's just your deadline for moving to another country. I think. Yeah, but you, yeah. yeah, and but that is that is something a lot of people don't realize about Hong Kong. They think it's like a special administrative region and that it's got these special privileges, but. Eventually, it will be folded into the rest of China, uh -huh. and it will presumably become another city like Shanghai or Beijing, where it's mm -hmm. like 
everything like they'll they'll the Chinese government are not really communist economically. Um, you know, they they allow f- markets to open and everything, and that's mm-hmm. that's how they've brought all they've allowed the Chinese people to bring themselves out of poverty using the the markets. So they're going to allow Hong Kong to be somewhat free economically, but they're going to fucking crack down on all sorts of social and yep. civil rights. Yeah. Know? Yep. Overnight, the internet, the way that people use the internet and communicate with the outside world will change. It, mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's a fucking scary thought. Like to all of a sudden. The idea of being secret policed away is a very real thing. Absolutely, like, people yeah. joke about and it, all- and and but that's the thing that people in Hong Kong realise that you know we take for granted is that this is coming for them. It's not some joke or something that you know. It's, we'll it's laugh not about. a. It's not a what if. It's a yeah. It's a when. It's a when. when if. Yeah. Yeah. When if. It's a when if. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. Also, all the all the all the stuff that they're going to do that are non crimes in the forties are all of a sudden going to be crimes in nineteen forty seven. Mm. And you know, the Chinese government are going to pick you up on the things that you did earlier that weren't yeah, exactly. crimes at the time, mm. but are yep. currently now. And yep. you know, retroactively, are you going to trust them if they're going to say, "Oh no, no," you know, you can be an activist in the forties, and once it's nineteen, you know, once we take over. We're not gonna, yeah, yeah, and it, it, it just means. I mean, they also have like a, a common law system, like Britain, for example. So uh-huh. there's that presumption of innocence before uh, innocent until proven guilty. That is not the case in communist China. <laughs> there is no fair trial. It doesn't um, matter whether you're deemed innocent or guilty. It's just if the yeah. government wants to put you away, they put you away. Like they there's put you no, away. yeah. There, there's there's not even a, a um, charade of a justice system. Like yeah. One of, one of the they, big they things about these, at all. these protests that they were having, I think it was something somewhere around one third of Hong Kong's lawyers turned out in these protests. They dressed all the same in like complete black because they yeah, realized right. just how, how dangerous the extradition bill that they were proposing uh-huh. was. Um, and it, it's, it's good that it's sort of dead in the water, but also scary that they could bring it back at any time. Yeah. Um, because there are some members, some, politicians i guess that are pro unification um which well, that's i, I the, don't understand that's, no that's the fucked up thing about hong kong is that their their system i can't remember the exact breakdown in parliament brad i don't know if you looked it up but part of part of the parliament is voted in by the people and then the other part of the parliament which is the majority is voted in by the businesses so oh. the businesses in hong kong actually get a vote like if you're in one of the you're one of the top businesses in hong kong you get to vote in the parliament and your vote is you know is worth a lot yeah so all so all they're not an elected person they're just a, yeah they just happen they, to be well rich well yeah they're elected by the businesses and it's the big businesses that vote and the idea is that you know you don't want a city that is going to have the people making all the decisions and then the businesses in a place like hong kong where you need businesses to do well because you, you know you got limited space you want it to still be business friendly and the people might not understand that. So they might Uh not vote for the best business policies and then ruin their own economy. But the, what happens in practice is that the businesses, if they're big businesses, they are only big because they're playing ball with mainland China. Yeah. They they need that China money. Yeah. So they, they have this relationship with the rest of China. And then because of that, they want to, they can't vote for politicians that are, you know, Hong Kong independence politicians have to vote for politicians that like mainland yeah. China. Otherwise, you know, Chinese government will just fuck over their business. So uh-huh. the businesses, the businesses are voting for these, you know, pre pro unification yeah. 
politicians and the people are voting for, um, or most of the people, it's not all of them, but most of the people are voting for like pro-Hong Kong independence yeah. politicians. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's not a pure, it's not a pure democracy like that. No, it isn't. Um, and I think like the the amount of people that turned out for this kind of thing. So you think, um, you know, a large protest might be ten, fifteen, twenty thousand people. They estimate that it was over a million people on June the sixteenth uh, when they were having the second reading of the extradition bill. Um, yeah, over a million people in the streets, which is just. Fucking that's crazy. That's, a, that's an eighth of their population. That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. One in eight people showed up on the streets. Yeah, and I'm sure that is nuts. Yeah, could you imagine what what would that be in Australia? That would be what like that would be like two. Be an eighth, two and a half million. Yeah, two and a half million. Oh, three million. Where you, yeah, yeah. You keep getting more people, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> could you could you imagine three million people on in in Melbourne on the streets? That that would be f- fucking mental. And yeah, big chaos. Hong Kong isn't much larger than Melbourne. Probably start Melbourne, a but riot. It's city. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it all back. Um, but yeah, it's so, uh, Brad is a bad person. Season three, episode twenty-six. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. In half, it's exactly half of the parliament is voted by the people, and the other half is voted by businesses. Mm. So, um, yeah, but yeah, uh, so Hong Kong is fucked, basically. Uh huh. Yeah, they legitimately are. It's not mm. like, you know, they're fighting for independence and, you know, if they fight the good fight and if they keep pushing it, they're going to win their independence and stay strong. It's like, well, no, the best case scenario for them is that they hold on to the current rights they have for a bit longer. Yeah, but eventually it's going to crumble. Years, yeah. It's all yeah. going to fall. I'm sure China will play the long game as well. They'll just slowly start introducing stuff with Hong Kong. Yeah, and then, of course they will. You know, within another 20, 30 years, they'll be completely folded into the country yeah yeah and i think in china china's perspective is probably like it would be too much of a shift to go from june 30th or whatever it is to july 1st yeah. and just flip the switch like that so why don't we start doing little things like yeah. this little things that are making them more part of mainland china and people presumably as it gets closer to that date hopefully in their in china's perspective will say oh well then we're going to be folded in anyway if it's uh-huh. a couple of years earlier not worry about it but at this stage they're like no still fucking 30 years away leave us fuck alone yeah i think hong kong island needs to just pull a full time one and just declare their independence and just just keep <laughs> keep basically saying just put their fingers in the ear and be like no no no, no we're not china we're not china <laughs> and eventually people will listen they need to figure out a way to detach their land and turn it into an island and float out to sea. <laughs> yeah. <fucking China. laughs> Cease their whole fucking island. The um, <laughs> the California solution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> float it out. All right. Well, one of the uh, most terrifying things about China is they oh. have a... Uh, well, Lachlan, tell us the most terrifying... One of the most terrifying things about China. Uh, this They are communists. <laughs> I've been but, looking forward to hearing about more, this because more, it's more genuinely terrifying. Most developed nations, Australia included, have some sort of credit rating system used by financial institutions to discern the likelihood of a person to pay back their debt. And mm. uh, this credit rating can affect the terms of loans. 800 here, baby. Makes sense. Yeah. Insurance companies also use different rating systems to identify how much of a risk a person might be and, accordingly, what kind of policy they can purchase. Businesses would be stupid not to have systems like this in place. But China's social credit system goes much deeper than that. 
<laughs> Have you guys seen the Black Mirror episode Nosedive? Yes. No. That is China's social credit system <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, yeah. Citizens are given a base, quote unquote, trustworthiness score to start with. Mm-hmm. And that score increases or decreases based on how, quote unquote, trustworthy, trustworthy <laughs> that citizen is deemed to be. Called it. <laughs> I'll get to what affects your score and the implications of a high or low score in a minute. Uh, At the moment, there is no single system in place, only pilot programs scattered around the country. But the CCP plans on rolling this out nationwide by next year, 2020. The biggest of these pilot programs is called Sesame Credit, owned by Alibaba, China's largest e-commerce and payment company. They're essentially the uh, Chinese version of Amazon. And Tencent, which is the world's largest gaming company, one of the most valuable technology companies, and one of the largest social media companies. They are in League of Legends. They do. Yeah, they own Riot they Games. Own, they own Epic Games. Uh, they Fuck. have a big. They own uh, Blue Hole, which makes PUBG, uh, which is where the China number one comes from. They they have a massive stake <laughs> in a heap of companies. Oh my god! And what? So they they're one of these social credit. They, yeah, they, they, along with Alibaba, own Sesame Credit. Oh, my God. So, world's largest gaming company uh, as one of one of the largest social media companies. So, they're the biggest social media company in China uh, with QQ Chat, I think it's called, or WeChat uh, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're one of the world's most valuable technology companies behind, like, Samsung and Apple and shit like that. Um, good ones. And then, and then Alibaba, so China's largest e-commerce company. So, it's not just, like, Alipay, which is Alibaba's payment system, gets used... You can use that anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like their version of PayPal. Yeah. So, so these <clears throat> companies have a massive amount of data on on Chinese citizens. Oh, as Chinese it is. people, yeah. That's yeah. genuinely fucking terrifying. Yeah. So, that massive amount of data uh, that these companies already have is combined with activity captured by China's network of over 200 million CCTV cameras to track the Mm. behavior and movements of every citizen enrolled in the program. The CCTV (laughs) network. Yeah, well, it's... it's, Yeah, like it's a fucking choice. I'm just going to sign up for this social credit bullshit. At the moment, the pilot programs are opt in but by 2020 it will be mandatory for every citizen that's fucked um so yeah the cctv network alone is terrifying if you've played watchdogs which brad i assume you have yeah uh it looks exactly like that Mm, i've seen i've seen screenshots of it in action and that's what they can detect faces in crowds it's fucking insane. yeah that's right they're using facial recognition to identify people and optical character recognition to identify vehicles must be pretty good computers if they can (sighs) god damn it i knew one of you motherfuckers was going to make that joke when i wrote that down (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) i couldn't that's all i'm saying so here are some things <laughs> that can boost your score. Okay. Giving money to, money to charity, mm. volunteering, mm. donating blood, mm. performing a heroic act, uh, <laughs> praising the government online. 
uh, buying work shoes or other professional clothing. Weird, there are but some okay. things that will lower your score. Committing crimes. It's fair enough. Uh, yeah. Not visiting. <laughs> not visiting aging relatives often enough. Cheating <laughs> in know. online games. What? Buying um. anime and manga. Because uh, <laughs> it's 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 Japanese culture. They don't want you importing Japanese culture. Oh my god! Yeah, um, Japanese are the worst. Am I right? Yeah. Spreading rumors, apologizing <laughs> insincerely. <laughs> well, that would be so fucked. Yeah, I was gonna say we're all fucked. Yeah. Uh, quote unquote. Illegally protesting the government. <laughs> As opposed to the legal. Yeah, plan. that's right. That's right. Because there's a legal <laughs> way in China to protest the government, <laughs> and uh, even associating with people who have a low score can lower your score. Oh, my God. oh, that's very nice, Davy. And then, of yep. course, there's the consequences of your score. Having a high score will get you better terms on loans, discounts with retailers, priority admissions to schools, shorter wait times at hospitals, tax cuts, job promotions. <laughs> you can skip the first round of interviews for new jobs, and you can jump the queue for public housing. Having a bad score means you can't book flights or buy train tickets, can't get loans, your kids can't get into private schools, your access to welfare and government healthcare is restricted, you are ineligible for certain jobs, and your internet will be slowed down, and your photo will be posted in the centre of town and on giant electronic billboards to publicly shame you for your low score. Jesus. Holy shit. They've made, like, pay-to-win IRL. That's right. And it's not just the government that can alter these scores. Oh, my God. Anyone can look up your score and report you for untrustworthy behavior. Got in an argument with your neighbor and he has a higher score than you? Bad news, pal. He's going to take all your meow meow beans. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) each neighborhood has one person assigned to keep an eye on everyone else and report their actions. I saw, oh, this is I saw one <laughs> no, example is- where a woman saw two men on a break from work, then reported them for being lazy, which lowered their score. What the oh, fuck? Uh, Everyone knows an old lady who sits at her front window all day watching her neighbors and calls the police when she sees a strange car. The Chinese Communist Party are weaponizing that old lady. Oh my god. Yeah. Would it surprise you to hear that there is huge public support in China for this system? <laughs> it should. This is a soon-to-be-mandatory program from a government who gets off on people singing their praises. You speak against the social credit system and your score is going to plummet, whether you support yeah. it or not. In exactly. fact, the most vocal defenders of this shit seem to be those who are in pilot programs and have high scores already. Of course. Really makes you think, doesn't it? (sighs) This is a fucking Orwellian nightmare. It is one of the scariest things I have ever read about. Yeah, it's trying to make dissent absolutely impossible. Like, you're already living in China, can't get away with anything, and they're going to make it so, you know, 
if you're not playing ball, if you're not being obedient enough or compliant enough, you're yep. going to get a low score and then you're going to be watched. Everyone's going to know. Look out for that guy. Exactly. He's not trustworthy. It's, uh, That's the thing. It's, it's, uh, um, it, it, your, your score will just drop exponentially because the lower it gets, the less people are going to give you access to it and the less you're going to, they're going to trust you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you fucking spiral downwards. Exactly. You're going to be, you take a nosedive, you might say. Um, <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be forced to like it, it's it's a lot like recidivism when people come out of prison they can't get a job because they're an ex-con um they're yeah. forced to resort to crime to get money which gets them back in prison these people are going to have to resort to untrustworthy behavior to um make ends meet and and that's just going to make their score drop even more this, and, and they're only going to be able to associate with other untrustworthy people and exactly because people with a high score won't score. want to associate with them because yeah, that'll drop their own score with you, that's buddy. Right. exactly and you know that there's going to be a threshold that once you hit that, you just get vanished. Yeah, there mm. is. You can uh, yeah. you can become blacklisted. And um, I I didn't look into that as much as I should have, but I know one journalist got blacklisted, and he didn't know why. He had no idea what he'd done. He just got blacklisted. I was assume he, because he's uh, a he, journalist in China. Uh, <laughs> was he Chinese or was he a foreign national? No, he was Chinese. Um, and he, he the only he, reason he knows he was blacklisted is because he tried to um, buy a train ticket and he couldn't. It just They scanned his ID and it just said, no, nah, you, you can't do it. So, uh, oh. yeah, he had to get a bus. So, uh, it was like a 60-minute train journey. Took him nearly 10 hours because he had to take the bus. Oh, my God. Because that's the oh. only form of public transport he was allowed to access. All I can say is if they implemented something like that in Australia, I would. I was going to say it, I'd kill myself, but I think, I think they have to leave. I would try and take out as many people as possible. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like I'm, I'm shooting up Parliament uh, or something if that's the case. Oh, uh, um, Azio, get in touch. I'll give you Brad's address. Yep. No, oh, feel free. But if we tried to look, I, I would be pushed that far. Yeah, but this is the problem. They can't even they can't even leave because they're not allowed to buy plane tickets and they're not no, allowed to you, cross the border once they you're have You're not allowed to score. leave communist China anyway, let's be honest. Now right now. Before well, they implement of, the There's a lot of Chinese tourists all around the world, Brad. Yeah, no, no. They can leave, but they're not allowed to stay left, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean There's no immigrating away from China. They're not letting that happen and you know it. Yeah, but they can't even try to escape. They're not allowed to cross the border. Yeah, I know. They have they're, a low just, score. they're locking these people in there even That's harder. right. That's right. Oh, Oh, no. Yeah, just any of my Chinese listeners, next year I need you to head to some sort of Communist Party uh, offices <laughs> and do what you need to do. You we do not condone do. any violence. <laughs> oh. Unless it's against the Chinese government. Uh, uh, then it's good. Oh, God. It is. Um, yeah, they're killing people. That's fucking outrageous. It's murder in slow motion. Anyone who thinks that this yeah, is a good is, idea. It is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it's it's one of the one of the it it sounds like some sort of fucking dystopian sci-fi uh, movie, uh, but it's real. You know that yeah. there's also going to be people in the West who point to this and go, "This is a good idea." Oh, it's happening already. Like, uh, I don't know. I, re- I, don't know. I, I there will be crazies stupid. in like ten, fifteen years, and they will be based in Hollywood, and they'll be like, yeah. "Look at how well it's working over in China." I well, saw I saw an article on I think it was Wired. Um, and it was behind a paywall, so I couldn't read the whole thing. But the headline was, Why the West is Wrong About China's Social Credit System. Oh. <laughs> That's clickbait. That's clickbait. Oh, all right. 
Anyone who lives in America, now you need to go to the Wired headquarters, eh? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Let's wait a few years for that. Um, oh, God. No, that's, it's, it's, a, it's an authoritarian tactic that uh-huh. um, authoritarian countries use to get other oh, people yeah. to tell on other people. Mm. You know, that's, this is something that was really big in the Soviet Empire. It was something that um, yep. George Orwell wrote about prominently in 1984 yep. when, you know, children at school were uh, encouraged to say the bad stuff that their parents did, you know, the anti-government yep. stuff that their parents were saying at home and stuff like that. Try, try to turn every citizen into an informant on the other citizens and then it means that you can't ever have a descending conversation because no. it, um you um you can't trust anyone talk yeah you talk to somebody else you don't know if they're going to report you you know they talk to you they think you're going to report them uh-huh. yeah. you, it's it's just so hard to have that uh, initial conversation where you, you're both like oh, yeah. can you bullshit, can you imagine if Stalin had access to this level of technology like oh Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Still begun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably. Um, but that's something they do in North Korea is at businesses every week they have to sit down and they all have to get up and they have to confess something that they did wrong that week. Yeah. And they have to also say what they saw someone else doing uh, wrong that week. And if, if someone says that you did something wrong and you were went before them and you didn't say, I did this, and, you know, they call you out. You yeah. F- you're fucked. Yeah. Because yeah. you didn't admit to your mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And you have to say something. It's not like they go, uh, you know, I was a good Korean this yeah, week. Yeah, I haven't I done anything, anything wrong this week. No. Like, you have to say that you did something wrong. Uh-huh. You can't say that you didn't do anything wrong. So, people start making stuff up and they're like, oh, you know, I, I ate more food than my wife this week. And it's like, what? They're just making <laughs> stuff up so they don't get in trouble because they have to lie. They uh-huh. have to say that they did something wrong. Yeah. It's fucking, it's terrifying. They're it all is scared absolutely terrifying. Uh-huh. It's just, it just taking away all all their freedom yeah like they I, have so this- little they have so little freedom as it is yeah I, i've said this to you before morgs i think i've said it to you often, like, you're not obligated to be a good person that's something that you do if you want to be an <laughs> asshole your entire life that's your choice there are consequences mm-hmm. to it obviously but yep. you're not obligated to be a good person like you're you obligated can- to follow the law yeah. Say, yeah you're obligated not to fuck with other people um like physically <laughs> But that's yeah, that's pretty much it. You can be a dick. You can see someone drowning and walk past them. Uh-huh. That's your choice. Doesn't it, it doesn't mean you're like you you should be forced to do anything at any point in your life. That that is the the definition of freedom. Yep. Like I think that you should be a good person, but that's you know if you want to be a dick your whole life, you, that's your you choice. Shouldn't be, you shouldn't be legally um, compelled yeah. to be. Yeah, a good you person. shouldn't be forced to do anything. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, the. Yeah, and the reason for that is because it's going to be hard to get everyone to agree on the definition of a good person. Exactly. That's right. Who gets to decide? Is a good person somebody who always obeys authority or is some, a good person someone who always questions authority and holds them to account, you know? Yeah. And yes, the, Chinese the second one. Say, hold them oh. to account. <laughs> yeah, well, the Chinese government would say, no, like, we're infallible. You have to yeah. praise us at all times. Yeah. So, it's, you know. <sighs> That's Why just genuinely never- fucked. Why do dictators never have a sense of humor about themselves? <laughs> <laughs> like, can't you be authoritarian and still get a giggle out of someone, like, drawing a, a fucking caricature of you? I'm sure... I do look like Winnie the Pooh, actually. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure... I'm sure old mate who's running Turkmenistan would have laughed at that. He would have been like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That is funny. I kind of do look like that cartoon fucking bear. <laughs> 
know? Yeah. Now I'm just going to go do donuts around this fucking giant gas hole. Yeah, the devil's <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I'm a... F- <laughs> I'm a fucking dickhead. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you got me this time, guys. <laughs> oh, fuck it up. Look, man, if you could describe China in one word, how'd you describe it? China is asshole! <laughs> we should probably clarify what that clip was. There was a... Um, probably should have done this at the start of the episode rather than the end of the episode. Maybe. But there was a, a guy, a Chinese guy, on the street in Melbourne protesting for Hong Kong independence and mm-hmm. this Australian guy is commentating he says to him do you have a message to Donald Trump and the guy looks down the camera and he goes Donald Trump don't trust China China is asshole <laughs> very concise could not have like said it. it better myself yeah very concise yeah what a man yeah it's from, straight from a Chinese man as well mm. um, alright well it's time for uh, Morgan's movie review Morgan Morgan Morgan's movie review. This segment has been censored so as not to offend Chinese audiences. <laughs> All right, thanks for your movie review this week, Morgs. <laughs> um, I've watched a few Chinese movies in my time. Watched a few from Hong Kong. You know, The Departed it was based on a movie from Hong Kong called Internal Affairs. Or was it Infernal Affairs? I don't know. But I've seen that one. Uh, but this week I decided to fucking do something even wackier than Chinese movies and watch a superhero movie, the aforementioned Aquaman, which had its world premiere in China. Oh, okay. Tenuous link. So, <laughs> Aquaman 2018 stars Carl Drogo as the titular <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> A half-breed of surface person and Atlantean, and underwater people from the lost city of Atlantis. I saw the trailer for this movie last year in the cinema, and I immediately thought, hey, that's one superhero movie I can get behind. It had people riding sharks underwater, and Jason Momoa punching a sword to break its blade in half. (laughs) It looked great, and it looked ridiculous. That's what I was sold. What I got, however, was two hours and 22 minutes of a kid's movie with terrible jokes, embarrassing dialogue, and a boring and predictable plot. The violence was cartoonish and silly, rather than gritty and brutal. The romantic storylines seemed really forced and were overly cheesy. If I'm watching Jason Momoa and Amber Heard in a movie rated M, I want a sexy, violent movie. (laughs) But I got an asexual slapstick movie. There was no sexual tension built up throughout the movie. The main characters didn't even give off the impression that they liked each other. So when they finally kissed, it just felt contrived and unnecessary. There wasn't even any sexuality in the movie at all. The best you get is a bit of cleavage from Amber Heard in her mermaid-looking outfit, but that was very tame. You can get that kind of cleavage on the evening news these days. (laughs) Oh, Jane Bunn. Jane Bunn. The old Bunsen burner. I mean, how can you have Jason Momoa, a giant hunk, in your movie without having him take off his shirt and some chicks getting flustered? (laughs) That classic scene. Uh Anyway... As I mentioned, the dialogue was embarrassing. It was really hard to take the movie seriously when you have adults saying things to each other like, Volko has learned of the location of the lost trident of Atlan with the sacred trident that people will listen to you. You can then claim your birthright and dethrone Orm. <laughs> that is very smooth. And once he is named Ocean Master, it will be too late. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's... Uh, it was it was really bad. It's for kids. Uh, <laughs> 
I know. The dialogue made me cringe a few times and it made it abundantly clear that, yes, you are definitely watching a kid's movie right now. On the plus side, the special effects were very good. I have to give it that. The camera was panning around and doing 360s and shit, capturing all the action. There was an extended scene of the main characters running from bad guys that almost looked like a 2D side-scroller video game, which was very cool. The action scenes didn't redeem the movie, but they did make the 142 minutes that this piece of garbage dragged (laughs) on slightly less unbearable. I can probably give it a 3 out of 10, but that's the best I can do. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna stick up for Aquaman. Well, first of all, I haven't seen it. Second, everyone, everyone knows that Aquaman is the worst superhero. He is a superhero best. where they were like, "Hey, we want to make him cool, but he's lame as fuck." So we'll just give and, him every superpower. And third, like all the DC movies suck dick. Like that. That's it's just that much is clear. Um, but I just. I, don't like your hatred for superhero movies. It's just a blind blanket <laughs> hatred. You're always calling them kids' movies to try and piss me off. And it does piss me off. Congratulations. But it just, you know, watch a Marvel movie. They're, they're much better. Mm. No, I, I legitimately, I was in the cinema with Shannon last year. We were watching a movie. The Aquaman trailer came on and I was like, my eyes were popping. And I turned to Shannon afterwards and I'm like, I want to see that movie. And she was like, you don't like superhero movies. And I'm like, I know. I don't like superhero <laughs> movies, but I really want to watch that movie. That looked fucking awesome. And she was like, are you fucking with me? And I was like, no, it looks really cool. So when we sat down to watch it, I was giving it my best. I was like, yes, I'm going to love this. And I was really jazzed up for it. And I was just extremely disappointed. There was not was- enough shark riding, was there? Um, no, there no. wasn't. That was actually my main criticism. There was two shark riding scenes. <laughs> I was sold shark riding in the trailer. Oh, no. It was like 20% of the trailer, 2% of the film. Yeah. Well, yeah. you should uh, you know, give Guardians of the Galaxy a chance or something like that. Yeah, An actual good superhero movie. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe I will. It's got Maybe. Chris Pratt in it. He's, he's you like Chris Pratt. Very attractive man. Yeah, he's all right. I like Batman. I like the Joker. I like the Batman trilogy. That's about as superheroes I've gotten. The rest of them are all made for kids. You can't deny that they're made for kids, Lachlan. They're family movies. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if it's rated M, it's not a it's not a kids movie. Yeah, but if you if you had a kid and you watched that movie, you would be like Well, you do have a kid. I don't you wouldn't watch that movie and, you wouldn't watch that movie and go, Oh, my thirteen year old couldn't watch that. Oh, there was too much cleavage in that movie. Oh, the violence was, was way too realistic. Yeah, well, like, I it's think, fucking slapstick yeah. ridiculous. I think thirteen year olds not a kid. In America it's probably top, but, um, that's not in America point. it's probably PG thirteen or something like that. They probably get it in under the censors so they can get it as PG thirteen, take out enough sex and mm. violence. So the Chinese will allow it and the American will give it a PG-13. And when it comes to Australia, they're like, oh, I guess we have to give it an M because, yeah, you know, that scene where it fucking... I did, um... I did, Speaking I was, of censorship, I, fuck. I saw some sort of YouTube interview where they were talking about an M rating being basically a death sentence to a blockbuster movie. They all have to try and skirt under that. If it gets an MA, it's completely dead in the water. Rated PG-13. Yeah, exactly. I think, <laughs> I think in, in America, an M rating is... 17 like it's equivalent to our yeah um, but yeah it's it, nearly it, it, our R. yeah but it's a, it's a death death sentence so they just re-edit the movie until they get it dead. yeah um yeah. because it's just yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna do well in market so yeah they definitely make them kiddish to hit the biggest pocket possible market that's, look there's nothing fair. wrong with just watching i like movie. movie i like them though. You know. yeah yeah i know so. i know you do but i'm just saying mm. there's nothing wrong with just watching a movie just because it's fun mm. yeah well, yeah, if a good man was fun, I would have enjoyed it. A good, uh, 
uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not defending Aquaman uh, or DC <laughs> in general. Yeah, yeah, but uh, all, they've all been yeah, pretty a garbage. Good, uh, a good a good pop, pop popcorn flick. Yeah, mm. it's good fun mm-hmm. to watch. Uh, Brad, you want to take us home with uh, Brad's parodies? Brad's power rankings. So. Uh, this week, I got a suggestion from uh, one of your friends, Morgan, who is a listener, Andrew Randy Randerson. Uh, I don't know his last name. But, uh, <laughs> Randy Andy, yeah. Randy Andy. Uh, so, thank you for the suggestion. So, this this week, I'm going to be doing top five 90s bangers. And oh, you better nice. believe that my car has been a rocking that this week. Uh, everywhere <laughs> I've been driving, I've been smashing out 90s bangers. And it was... Honestly, hard to cut it down to five. I could have done top 50. and it, The 90s just, is truly the best era of music. Yeah, it's... it's I just I just wanted on record that I told Brad this. I'm like, next wildcard episode, do this. And he was like, I'm doing it this way. Yeah. I'm like, no, you got so much to talk about. And he's like, no, nah, I'm doing 90s best. Yeah, I, lo- I, I love the <laughs> idea. It's great. It's great. And I got to listen to couldn't, Ball of couldn't Music. Couldn't wait a week. So, luckily, I'm going to cue you in here. And uh, so, start off with number five. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cutting that dough. What's that? You forgot to ask if it was best to ask. Oh, this is obviously this is obviously the best. Right, this is number five on our list. So it doesn't get better than Cotton Eye Joe. Absolutely, absolute banger. So obviously, this is Cotton Eye Joe by the Rednecks. And where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he go? What, what can I say about this? <laughs> what can you say? It went off at high school socials. Fast-paced, catchy, nonsensical, everything you need to drive everybody but teenagers crazy. God bless these one-hit wonders. Um, <laughs> nice. All right, number four, Lachlan. Not, not familiar with this one. Mm. Yeah, I don't know this one. You don't know this one? Oh boy, it's just a joy. Not done yet. Alright, so that is I Got Five on It by Lumineers. Um, It was recently used in that um, uh, whatever, from Keenan and whatever. That movie, Us. Sorry, I just added this in. I just remembered it was was on their trailer. Um, Anyway. Did you remember? Yeah, I did. Anyway, nothing but funny to say about this one. I just really like it. Uh, makes me feel like I should be doing drive-bys or some shit. It's fucking it's a great song. So, what is the five on it, man? Like I'm putting five on. Yeah, the they're all gambling and throwing on roulette. Yeah, I, got, I don't know. I think it's like slapping someone in the face. I got five on them. You know? Well, in the in the ah. music video, they're all dancing and there's just like tits and ass everywhere. So uh, I don't know what their five on it is, but I just like the song. It's a good song. Um, and it, this really is my top 90s bangers, so, you know, you can do your own list. Um, <laughs> number three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make me happy. How uh, is that not is, number one? This is Coco Jumbo <laughs> by Mr. President. Uh uh, and this one holds a place close to my heart. Uh, I- First black president. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> a lady singing. Um, we danced. We danced uh, the samba to this at, at the high school deb that I did, and the song is delightfully retarded. I challenge you to not get sucked in by its funky beep, <laughs> beat and deep lady vocals. Um, fun fact for all you guys out there, this, this was the first ever CD that I bought. <laughs> oh! Coco Jumbo. Physical, really? First ever physical CD I bought was the Coco Jumbo single, and it came in like a... Like cardboard slip case rather than like, yep, a, like a plastic, um, plastic yeah. case. And uh, yeah, I played it. It had like a remix on there. And um, yeah, first ever <laughs> CD I bought. <laughs> nice. Oh man, I remember singles that have the actual song you wanted. And then yeah. they'd have, yeah, like a remix and then some other song, some really they, obscure song like, from, the, the, yeah, that sucked. Yeah. Um, fun fact for you guys now my first ever CD I bought was Take Off Your Pants and Jacket by Blink 82. So, oh, yeah, nice. Good nice. CD to start Get off. Get to the game there, mm. man. That's the yeah, well, least I... cringy thing you ever did as a teenager. Mm. Yeah, yeah I know, right? All right, look at number two. Dr. Dre is the name on my head of my gang. Still puffing my leaves with the beats. Still not loving police. Still rock my khakis with a cuff and a crease. Still got love for the streets, repping 213. Still the beat bang, still doing my thing. Since I left, ain't too much change. Still, I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still, hitting the corners <laughs> in them lows. <laughs> Taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the DRE. Alright, fair use is, tw- is 30 seconds, and that is 29 seconds of Still Dre <laughs> by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And this song is responsible for more wiggers than you'd care to think about. Teenage me <laughs> still wants to whip out my oversized Snoop jacket and rip cone <laughs> as soon as I hear this iconic beat. It is a fantastic song. And anyone who disagrees, I will drive by. So, um, <clears throat> number one, Lockman. All right. I just want to say before I hit the button. If this is not Two Princes by the Spin Doctors, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> Two Princes was on the short list, but it is not number one. Oh! All right, all right. I'm not disappointed. I'm not upset anymore. <laughs> uh, still got a couple more seconds. I got the chorus. Um, so yes, you all knew it was coming. That is waterfalls by TLC. That is uh, baby making music. This is the most quintessential '90s song of all time. It's catchy. It's sung by some spicy ladies. Rest in peace, Left Eye Lopez. And <laughs> <laughs> it's the only it's the only place I go to for for advice regarding large bodies of water. I've never chased a waterfall, and I always <laughs> stick to the rivers and lakes I'm used to. <laughs> that is my power rankings of top five and nineties oh, bangers. Jesus Christ! So uh, classic. Isn't that song really sad? It's about like a oh, it's got something like dies or something. The like guy's like a gangster who goes out gang banging, gets popped, and then another guy gets like AIDS or something. Yeah. Banger boys. Mm. If you listen to that song and you think it's sad, you have missed the point of it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I mean, it's just, probably the it's other just way around. Catchy but- <laughs> tune. Yeah. Duh. Don't tell me what to feel, okay? Oh, man. Well, thank you. Thank you, Bradley, for that. <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed that. You like that? I, Two Princes yeah. was there. It was really close to making the list. Well, I think I think in that spirit, uh, we're going to go out to Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. Ah, uh, yes. But only <laughs> only 29 seconds of it, okay? Only 29 seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
I actually looked up. It's actually not called fair use in Australia. It's called fair play. And yeah, 49 seconds okay. is transformative in nature, I guess. Fair shake of the sauce bottle. Yeah. I was hoping you'd put on uh, Bare Naked Ladies one week. Mm. That's one of my oh, nice. favorite songs from the 90s. Mm. Maybe, yeah, that's scraped into the 90s. It was in American Pie, which is released in 99, so it must have yeah. been in the 90s. Oh. See, still Dre only just scraped into the 90s. It was released in 99, but... It was on a 2001 album, so pretty close to... Oh, I think this is qualified on a technicality. And that's 99. 99. All right. right. Well, speaking of disqualified on technicalities, um, I don't know. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to be disqualified in China. Do we want to say anything bad about China before we leave? Do you guys want to wrap up with some (laughs) hatred for China? Um, China's a shithole. I never liked Chinese in school. I like Chinese food, but you know it's pretty. It's so bastardized over here that it's not really their cuisine anymore. So um, I think it's bastardized uh, like their culture. Actually, I, I, I let me let me say one good thing about. Let's let's go around the room. Okay, and we'll yep. all say one good thing about China. Okay, I like how cheaply they mass produce stuff that we can buy. You stole my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, I told Lachlan during the week and I think I broke his heart. There's a dog eating festival in China. They eat dogs for a whole week. It's really sad. Uh, they also, uh, torture animals. They torture animals as part of their, you know, ridiculous herbal medicine bullshit that doesn't, you know, it's not empirically based. Oh yeah. They think everything gives you a longer bonus. Yeah, including some really horrible stuff they do with uh, bears. You know, the bear bile, they think it's yeah. really good. So, they cage bears and don't let them move and stuff. It's really, really sad, fucked up stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Actually, so- if my mum's listening, I'd better say uh, save the moon bears. Save the moon bears. She'll be, okay. she'll be very upset if I don't talk about the moon bears. So, where's the nice save thing? Save the moon uh, bears. Where's the nice thing you're supposed to be saying here? <laughs> we were um, doing an exercise. Well, I just... I just think it's a, you know, it's it's terrible that there are so many people in China living in, you know, with no freedom at all, and you know they were living in extreme poverty for such a long time due to the fucking shitty communist system, and then they finally decided to open up the market, so they've allowed the Chinese people to, you know, get themselves into prosperity by allowing them to trade and have open markets but they're still repressing them politically and socially and culturally um it's really 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 sad and terrible and fuck china fuck no not fuck china fuck the ccp you know the chinese Mm -hmm. people hopefully they'll one day get their freedom i'm not sure if they all want it but you know they don't know what they want (laughs) no joke um (laughs) fuck the ccp and uh dumplings are really nice dumplings are one of my favorite (laughs) foods During Morgan's long rant there, I was able to think of something nice about China. They're excellent builders of walls. Well. They built one not great really. wall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, structurally, it's not actually that. It's still uh, around. It's, it's falling apart. It's, it's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's literally got the bodies of slaves in worked into the mortar. Like, if that's not construction, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, and just like the Great Wall, this podcast is uh, built on hundreds and hundreds of corpses. Thank you for listening, everyone. <laughs> we we <laughs> we appreciate you listening to our episodes. Uh, we we do this for you guys. We love that you listen. So please keep listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Hopefully they enjoy it as well. We enjoy speaking to you 
every week. Um, if you'd like to support us, help us out, you can jump over to paypal.me slash bradisabadperson. Uh, throw us a couple of dollars, buy us a beer, or you can sponsor an episode if you'd like to. $30 will get you your very own episode. <laughs> that's the going rate. That is the going rate for an episode. We've had, um, we've had two. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's, that's the, uh, the, the price that the market has set. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you don't want to do that, you can head over to our iTunes page, rate and review us. Five stars only, please. Uh, Tell a friend to listen. I already said that. Well, it's important. So it is important, well. actually. Yeah, that's, that's where the double down. That's the that. most important thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the most well, important. maybe the money, but yeah. <laughs> tell a tell a Chinese friend to listen. <laughs> no, they'll end up dead. Tell a Chinese friend you don't like to listen. You can find all that <laughs> shit, all our episodes, links to all our social social media at bradisabadperson.com. and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Tell a friend to listen. <laughs> And uh, tell your friend to watch Nosedive, the Black Mirror episode right. in China. Coming to you. <laughs> Not too distant future. Fuck China. <laughs> Free Hong Kong. Uh, I gave you about five different endings there, Lachlan, so you can choose which one to do. <laughs> <laughs>